Hi everyone, here we are for episode 12 of A Woke Bloke with myself, Michael Ray, all the way from uh, really sunny Australia with my co-host. Reham Nasser from what seems to be a quite a gloomy morning here in the UK. We were blessed with sun for the past five days and it's just gone gloomy on us. So send us some more sun, please, Michael. Oh, you could have had some of ours. We were just talking before we started recording Yesterday, we had a 42.5 degree day, and today it's down at 19 degrees. Unbelievable. So, seasonal weather. Yeah, all in one day. <laughs> it sounds like the UK yeah. here. Yeah. So, today's topic, tell me about it, Michael. I know this is a near uh, topic that's near and dear to your heart. Tell uh, me. A man much smarter than me, and uh, has a brilliant podcast, and a blog called Dad Blog UK, uh, John Adams. A lot of you would have heard of him. He's a, a legend in, in the dad space. Yes, he is. He recently made the point about what we call man flu and how we need to throw this into the rubbish bin of history. The term man flu is anything that's used to diminish or downplay um, men's perception or reality of pain or needing help with men being notoriously well-known for not seeking help and being stoic to the point of doing themselves harm, both mentally and physically, absolutely, to be derisive or diminish men for saying that they don't feel well is at the root of so much of the stuff that we see where we just don't seek help. So, you know, man flu would be um there, there would have to be a gender equivalent for women would be oh you're just being emotional mm. or you know it, it's dismissive and it's wrong and it's counterproductive in a massive way it's it's almost like saying oh it's that time of the month again isn't it yeah it's it's those derogatory statements that really bring a woman down especially when she's speaking to a loved one or a respected colleague and uh, immediately that that comment just deflates one's mm -hmm. being and it also subjugates them to feeling less than and I know men with the man flu concept may feel this more and more in today's society given the circumstances that we're in being that a lot of people are not leaving their homes uh, around the world I know that's impacting their mindset so when a man goes out, for example, and this actually happened in the grocery store the other day, a man goes out to get groceries for his family and he's the only one in the car going out. And uh, one of the women was like, for, she was his neighbor. And she's like, why didn't you send your wife out? Why did you go out? And it's almost like, well, what do you mean? I'm the one responsible, I'm the caretaker. And she said, but she knows what she's doing. She's better with the budget. Mm. And it really hit my heart. Like I heard this conversation because we were standing in queue or in line, as they say here in, in the UK, to get into the grocery store. And you can hear this conversation going on. And I could feel the, the weight of that statement on his heart as if he's reckless with his finances, as if he's not a protector or provider. And I saw his body just sink his shoulders went down his body just kind of humped over and you could see the like his face kind of just went sad and rightfully so so the question is why is this 
an issue, Michael? Tell us from your perspective as a man. Outdated gender expectations that are holding us all back. And um, one, one of the things that's happening a lot in today's society is there, there's a massive focus on toxic masculinity, which, as you know, is one of my just pet haves because we don't want to assign either positive traits or negative traits to a gender. Right. We want to assign them to somebody's values and character and make them personally because once we start using that big brush to tar a group, it's intellectually lazy and it causes people to defend themselves. That's where we have um, the not all men thing when um, a, a male does it and God forbid a man says, well, you know, not all men. Well, while he's factually correct, he wasn't being attacked at that stage. If, in fact, it was we were attacking the perpetrator, that man that did that that thing to that woman is reprehensible, indefensible, and he is wrong. But the minute we start with men keep doing this and toxic masculinity and all of the rest of it, what happens is a lot of good men are forced to defend themselves. And then when they do do that, they're attacked again for doing that. But we need to focus on the individual and that specific thing. Because if a female does the exact same thing, do we call it toxic femininity? We don't. Yeah. We call it a lapse in behavioural standards and judgment and character that is just wrong. You know, an and abusive, domineering, dominating woman isn't called... Uh, toxic female no she called those things and that's what we need to call out men call out the behavior separate the doer from the deed he's not wrong what he did is wrong and we all need to be held to that standard but when we diminish um, men's um, position with oh you know it's just man flu toughen up yeah that's what stops men going to seek treatment for you know, what could be the start of depression, what leaves us to delay things until they go from a minor ailment to a critical condition. Yeah. That's why men die earlier from or die more from nearly all of the cancers. They die more from suicide. They have more mental health things because, you know, God forbid they say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit blue and ah, it's just a man flu, like toughen up. Don't be a Nancy. You wanted to find Nancy for the other side of the world? <laughs> oh, sorry. And, and, and Nancy, it, it's funny. that That's another thing. We give a man, you know, a, a woman's name because, and this is another one of my pet hates, throw like a girl, run like a girl, hit like a girl. If you do a, a, something in the mannerism of a female, it's seen as lesser. But if a female does something in the mannerism of a man, it's seen as greater. And so, that's the thing, like like a tomboy. A girl is a tomboy. Yeah. It's looked at as favorable, as admirable. Oh, she's got, you know, she's tough. She's rough. She yep. can actually, you know, grow up and, and move and function and support herself or defend herself. Instead of a, a, a girl being called a tomboy and really focusing on her masculine energy and being seen in society as something admirable in her, Men are called, as you said, pansies or daisies or what was the one that you said the other day? 
in Australia, we'll call them a Nancy, bit of a Nancy. Yeah. Well, why? Or, or, or a mummy's boy. Or a mummy's boy, exactly. Exactly. How are we then as a society diminishing this concept of man flu? And as you said, downgrading the, the concept of this is the person and they are equal to the actions that they, that they you know, choose to take on. A, a basic principle or concept in conflict resolution in the field is separate the door from the deed, as you said beautifully. So if we uphold this double standard, and I know that's a topic that we have a podcast on that um, hopefully you guys enjoy. Uh, if we uphold this double standard by using these terms, by not stopping these terms from being used in a healthy way, as in like really saying, well, why do you think we, we use that term? And really questioning people to debunk the myths around the, or the impact of these concepts. If we don't create the space for conversations, then how else are people going to think things differently from a different perspective or look at it from a different perspective? What are your thoughts, Michael? And then create change. Definitely. So, but this is where I think men are seen as um, higher up in, in rankings of worth and value because men used to run the world back in the the old days with the patriarchal system and we're slowly moving away from, but you cannot deny or doubt that it was a patriarchal system where men were seen more. And we see it in many cultures where, you know, if you have a daughter, especially in some of the poorer countries, yeah. they're seen as a bit of a burden. So we saw it in China where they skewed, uh, where they would actually have filicide where babies were killed at birth exactly. simply because they were female. Yeah. So for all of those people that, you know, want to roll their eyes whenever the patriarchy's mentioned, um, you know, you need to acknowledge this and we're moving away. Yeah. My daughter, because she has masculine traits, I'm really proud. So the fact that she likes boxing, she's good at boxing, she's great at sports, all of these more masculine type things, I realise makes me feel, you know, a little bit more proud of her I couldn't be any more proud of her but I'm I'm gleeful to be able to um, show these things to other people and mention it whereas if I had a son or I know I've got friends who've got sons who like to play with dogs and all completely normal things and they're a little bit shy about it with the other guys because you know they would like their boys to be the more masculine type things but that's what I said said to someone just the other day God forbid he's playing with a doll. Gee, he might be a great dad. He might be a fantastic teacher. He could be like all of these could have fantastic people skills, which is basically what management and leadership is about. Exactly. So I wouldn't be worried about it, you know, and he's four years old. So you're already worried somehow yeah. that you're assigning his sexuality to his preference in toys and imaginative play. Like, you're kidding yourself, aren't you? And all it is is and just building and developing his masculine and feminine side as a child. And that's part of the growth and development stages. And so children do explore, children do play. I remember I used to play with my, my brother's, you know, more masculine toys and he used to play with my more feminine toys. And then we would switch. It wasn't a big deal because my family didn't create 
a big hoopla around us exchanging toys. But when I moved here, it, I noticed how gender defined it was. Like there's, there's really only blue for boys and there's really only pink for girls. And I knew when I had my son, I really didn't want to feed into that. So I got different colors and I would dress him in different colors. And I know my mom would do the same. And people thought my brother was a girl because she didn't dress him in that particular way. But I was too young to understand that until I became a mom myself. Mm. So the, the stereotypes are real. Man flu is an actual issue. Now the question is, what can we do about it? Mm. We need we need to uh, call it out, and we need to realise as men is if we have that in provide protect um, feeling, we need to provide and protect by being healthy. You know, it's the old you can't pour from an empty cup, and everything revolves around your mental and physical well-being if that's falling down because you think somehow that uh, you admitting that there may be a problem or that you're struggling or there's an issue that needs addressing you're just setting yourself up it's it's um, you know I'm too busy to go to the doctors have you ever been too busy to put petrol in the car and you know being stuck on the side of the road because you thought I'll just get this done then I'll go to the petrol station and it all goes wrong. Well, that's what happens with men. So we need to be comfortable in admitting that we're wrong and uh, that we're not quite right. And there are so many issues that can do it, but we need to look in and seek professional help. Absolutely. You brought up a really important point, and I know you believe in this one wholeheartedly as well, Michael, the concept of being physically healthy. Um, I, I know from a lot of my male clients, they've chosen not to go to the GP or the, to the doctor to get screened. They don't go for potential cancer screenings, especially if they're older than 45 or 50 for prostate cancer. They don't go for skin cancer treatments or even assessment when they notice something showing up on their skin. They don't focus on their health to the point where it has to be a heart attack that wakes them up. Mm -hmm. their cholesterol levels may be unbelievably high and there will be no change in their diet because it's just too much effort. And I'm not, I'm not placing blame. I'm bringing awareness. And I know women do the same thing. So it's not just men, but what is so essential is to ensure that men's physical health is something that we put a lot of emphasis on as well. So if a man you know, isn't able to go to the GP out of fear of maybe medical history repeating or concern or discomfort, what could their partner do, do you think? I believe that their partner could be a support system. Go with them, you know, encourage them, say that we're in this together, do or die, as they say in the States, you know, we, we I've got your back, whatever it is, just to make sure that he's healthy, not only for himself, but for his family. If he has partner or he has a child or children, it doesn't matter to be healthy first and foremost. And being that you come from a really, you know, really important background where health is vital. Michael, do you have any particular professional tips that you would like to give? 
for our men I, and women out there that support them? Well, I, I think that the absolute dichotomy that men have, you will see them nurture their equipment, their cars will service their, you know, they'll have the state of the art computers, technology, everything has to be right. Even um, their barbecues mm. have to be the state of the art, clean within an inch. Everything's got to be serviced. And, their TVs. Yep. Their, Everything's got to be state of the art. Yeah. You know, the oil has to be changed on this state. The tyres have to be at the exact right pressure. All of these things. But the body, oh, no, we can run that into the ground. I haven't been to the doctor's. And to not service your body, yeah. to not have a, a good indication or a benchmark where it is now, if you don't know what your cholesterol is, that's just... Um, yeah, unacceptable. It's just not, yeah, unacceptable. Just you need to know it. You need to know what your cholesterol and your blood pressure is because these are hidden killers. You need to have your prostate or your PSAs checked. Exactly. There's a list of things where just walking into the doctors and just saying, you know what, just run a full panel of bloods, every test you think I need that's appropriate for my age. If it's nothing, fantastic. If it's something, fantastic because you're actually headed off because most things, if they're caught in the early stages, are a lot more successful. Everything from cancers right through to uh, blood pressures and things like that. And it can be managed with a pill. Exactly. A and pill you're a testament for to that, Michael. You know, yep. you were preventative. You checked in before it became well, something big. Yeah. I, I didn't to start with, Ram. I had, I had issues for months. I was so tired and I just short of breath. I couldn't even brush my teeth without running out of breath. And you know, I just kept thinking, gee, I really need to start doing cardio instead of just lifting weights. But I was flat out and it's, I didn't want to take time off. And it wasn't until I uh, collapsed and um, I actually broke the toilet bowl oh. with my head and uh, the ambulance showed up and I wouldn't go. I said, no, no, I'm right. I'm just tired. And then it wasn't until I had a small car accident and they took me in to scan my neck. That's all it was, just a neck scan. And they found out I had a couple of tumours in my lungs, some masses in my brain, some lymph nodes, that, and I had bilateral pulmonary embolism. So that was the shortness of breath. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it all went downhill from there. And um, looking back with hindsight, I knew there was something wrong. And I just wanted to put it off going, oh, it'll fix itself, it'll fix itself. I felt um well before, and that's where this man flu ties into it because I didn't want to feel like I was going to show up at the doctors and say, Doc, I, I don't want to waste your time. Well, guess what? That's what doctor's time is all about. It's not a waste of time. As I always say, if you go there and it's something, it's great that you went there. If you go there and it was nothing, it's still great that you went there. So it's a win-win. There is, It's like taking your car in for a service and going, Yep, everything was fine. We just changed the oil. See you again in six months or 20,000 Ks or whatever your car needs to be serviced. It's great. We go for regular dental checkups because it's a lot easier to get a bit of a clean and a and a uh, floss than what it is to get cavities yeah. filled. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we've got to do. And that's the problem with teasing men about man flu. I want to 
talk about another aspect, being that we're talking about health, there's physical health, there's also mental health. And I know with the circumstances that we've all been in for nearly a year, this has negatively impacted a lot of men because of work, being laid off or made redundant or being, you know, um, put in financial dire circumstances, it impacts that provider within. And I know that male suicide numbers have risen. And I remember an article that I had just read recently where they were talking about men in the UK, uh, they were doing a comparative study in 2014, male suicide was at 16.8 versus, for example, the 5.2% of females that had committed suicide. And they're predicting that it has jumped to at least 30% in 2020. So mental health is so essential when it comes to making sure that you speak to someone. If you're feeling like you're stuck or that you're unable to manage whatever is going on internally, be it thoughts, be it experiences, be it addictions or temptations, be it a breakdown in a relationship, whatever it may be, a loss of a loved one. Grief is grief no matter what it is that you're experiencing. Even the loss of the potential of having, for example, a relationship that you started before uh, the pandemic and then couldn't pursue it because of the pandemic, that's a loss. And then we all go through grief. And recognizing that grief is a normal process. And it's about going from a disorganized mind and disorganized heart to an organized calm mind. And it takes many steps sometimes and a few steps to, for others. But realizing that if you're feeling like you can't get out of bed, it may be that. And it's okay. You just start with one foot. Take one foot out. And then the other one and sit. And if that's all you can do that day, You've done a movement forward. And then the next day, instead of just sitting, stand up. And then the next day, stand up and start walking around the bed and come back to the bed if you need to. But the point is create movement, create action in your life. If you need to speak to someone, find a mate, find a family member, find a hotline. The Samaritans are all over the world. They have a hotline, 24 hours. Call them, you're anonymous. They'll never ask who you are, but they'll support you 100%. And just know that your life is important because without you in our lives, this world won't function the same. Everybody's life is important. And so what else can men do other than have conversations, ask for support, speak uh, to people on hotlines or loved ones? Michael, what else would you recommend for mental health and mental um, upliftment? Here, here in Australia, we have nine suicides per day. Seven of them are men. Seven of them are men out of, you know, the, the nine. We have 63,000 suicide attempts each year just for men. Yeah. Just for men who feel that they are either of no worth or too much trouble or, you know, th there's no way back that they've lost lost hope that they feel that um it's just heartbreaking to think of and in the space i work in with um a lot of dads um there are triggers and um 
dips in the road that you can see coming from a mile away. So, you know, relationship breakdown, separation from your children, financial pressures, yeah. and all of these external things. But as I say to people, I, I don't want to hear, you know, oh, you know, he lost his job and that caused it, or his marriage broke up and that caused it, or he was weak and that caused it. There's only okay. one thing that causes suicide, and that is disorganised thinking or mental health issues. It's the underlying problem. And these poor guys or women could be fighting this battle for months and months, showing up so bravely and fighting the hordes, and it's just on that one day, at that one moment, their reserves were gone. They were tired. They were just buckled and had had enough and could not see a way out. And that was when they do it. So as men, we need to be, as all of us need yeah. to realise any upheaval, especially at the moment with COVID and things like that, the only thing, I think it was uh, Viktor Frankl in his Man's Search for Meaning, it, just a brilliant book. If you haven't read it, get on it. It's, you know, that one point when he had some terrible things being done to him, being tortured and all the rest of it, he realised the one thing that he had control over was his reaction. And he was must have been an incredibly strong, mentally strong man to get to that point. But we need to be careful. So if you see yourself disconnecting from your friends, not wanting to see or speak to anyone, there's a sign. If your sleep pattern is disturbed, that's a sign. If your eating is, if you've lost your appetite, that's a sign. So you need to have these rock solid routines stay in. Do not disconnect. The minute you find yourself losing interest or enjoyment in things that normally um, are a source of pleasure and re relaxation, you need to start to consider, gee, am, am I starting to go down that slippery slope? Because from beginning to end, from start of, oh, you know, I'm a bit sad, I'm unmotivated, to a really dark place, in a deep hole that's hard to climb out of it can happen overnight and you know literally the straw that broke the camel's back can be something that's completely out of left field completely out of your control and you need to seek help rather than go gee i've just lost a loved one my one of my parents something like that nah you know I'll be right. I've got to support my family. Gee, I've just lost my job, but I'll, I'll get another job. All of these things you need to consider. How is this going to impact me going forward? Do I need to consider help for it? Because change is always difficult, but change when you have to change is uncomfortable and difficult. So better to get on it beforehand when it's a choice. Exactly. Let me take it one step further, emotional health, being that those are the three that we usually cover. Um, with emotional health, I know that a lot of people have been struggling emotionally. Uh, I remember I saw a post recently on Instagram uh, and Facebook, and it was the same post. And it was, when was the last time you received a hug? And that really touched me because I know that there are a lot of people that are isolated and they have not been able to touch another human being or feel the, the attention of another human being without an electronic device. And I know that impacts a lot of men and that may translate to not showing their emotions, bottling them up. 
or even burying them. But when we do that as women or men, or especially children, it resurfaces in another way. And you were talking mm -hmm. about Viktor Frankl's book and how he mastered his reactions. And that takes resilience and self-mastery to the nth degree. Now, if we give up, as I call it, our emotional remote control to someone else, then we're more susceptible to being manipulated or controlled or codependent on others. When we ourselves are worthy to be in control of our emotions, our highs and our lows. So coming from that space of groundedness, coming from that space of, I accept me and my emotions or my crazy, I accept me for who I am and I want to manage my emotions in a way that's responsive, as in not emotionally reactive to external circumstances is so essential. It's the essence of mental health when it comes to mindset and a healthy mindset at that. So one of the things that we can do as women or men is to feel the feeling. And I know Michael, you say the same thing and we give the same advice on these points. Feel the feeling. It may feel like you're going to die if you experience this feeling. Feel the feeling anyways. It may feel like it's going to overtake you. Take a deep breath. Let it flow through you. And what happens is it then flows out of you. And that's the end of that emotion. But stuckness and being unable to function and feeling overwhelmed is a plethora of trapped emotions, unexpressed. So imagine if you just sat there or stood there and just breathed through the feeling. Okay, I'm feeling rejected right now. Okay, I'm feeling rejected right now. And you say it again, as you breathe, I'm feeling rejected right now and it's okay. Because this won't last and I'm gonna learn from it. And it's about building those building blocks of your mindset as you breathe through it because breathing is reoxygenating our body and our mind, which allows healthier thoughts, healthier functioning of our body. And when we're able to do that, we're, we're giving ourselves a leg up. We're giving ourselves the opportunity to just pause and breathe and give life right back to our body instead of allowing the thoughts to overtake allowing the emotions to be suppressed, allowing the overwhelm to take over. So imagine if you could be in control of your own emotional remote control. What would that mean to you? We also need to look at the environment we're operating in as well. So what inputs are we having? What thoughts are we having? What are we feeding our mind as well as our body? Alcohol, drugs, all of these coping mechanisms they're not coping mechanisms, they're distractions. So what they're doing is it stops you feeling or thinking the thoughts that are troubling you because you're not confronting them. And sometimes I believe that we don't confront them because we fear that we don't have the strength or the resilience at that time or the reserves to actually deal with it. So that's when it comes out in our sleep and in all these other things. It's like your body giving you a little bit of a knock on the head and going, hey, there's something going on. You, you need to pay us attention and deal with this because we can't keep going. 
But if your diet is full of junk, if there's alcohol, if there's drugs, if there's no exercise going on, you're just polluting your mind and your body that's just going to make it feel worse. Exercise has some brilliant um, psychological and mental health issues. It releases endorphins, it gets rid of stress hormones, it burns them all off and it gives you a reset. But, you know, a lot of it is is attitude when you actually stop and examine your thoughts and look and it's like everything is wrong as well hang on let's stop right there everything where are you sitting i'm sitting in my house so you've got a house oh but it's only rented but it's oh but i haven't paid the rent but there's somewhere that you could go if what how can we fix this problem so we need to need to take a proactive thing so have you looked for shelter accommodation. Have you asked for help? Oh, I don't want to ask for help because then I'll look weak. And do you think that your friends would rather you sitting here going, gee, we're friends, but oh, I'd be uncomfortable if you asked me for help. So, you know, I'd rather have him sitting there in misery, stressed, you know, possibly on the edge of harming himself. How do you think they're going to feel if they thought that you didn't think enough of them to ask for a little bit of help. Because as I always say to the men I speak to, I would much rather sit there and listen to your problems and your dilemmas for hours on end than spend two minutes listening to a eulogy about you. Because that is just, you know, and that is often the choice, reach out. You know, I did a talk at a rugby club and in, in that rugby club, we had about 60 guys afterwards standing around having a beer there was one guy that everyone knew was struggling. He had a marriage breakup, been asked to leave his house, all the rest of it. And during that talk, we had three other guys that put their hand up and admitted that they were struggling as well. And they had, you know, suicidal ideation and were right on the edge. And at the end of the talk, that's why I said to these boys, and they're big, tough, you know, macho men. And I said to them, who here? thinks less of the guys now for putting their hand up. And not everyone I said, who here thinks more of them now for having the courage to put the hand up? And it was unanimous. We all thought more of them. And then I, I said, and who here feels bad that they didn't realise? Again, all the hands went up. So all of his friends and teammates and all of them, everyone felt bad. And I said, this is how close we are to the edge of the pool. We're drowning. And the edge of the pool is in with reach, within reach. And we just don't want to reach out. And we're too embarrassed with our ego and our pride and um, you know how we're perceived by others gets in the way to the point where it could mean we're no longer on this earth. And it is just ridiculous. It's unacceptable, it's unacceptable because every single human being counts, small or large, bigger, 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 young, older. Yeah, I've just messed that up, but you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> um, one last bit of health that I'd like to throw out there for those that believe in it, for those that don't disregard, but for those that believe in a higher power that have spiritual connections or faith, if it's not to a higher power than in any other way, just rely on your faith. Rely on your faith that things will get better because they always do. There are no two days that are the same. There's no way that today is going to repeat tomorrow because something always is different. 
know that it can only get better from here if you commit to creating change in your life. And there's always hope. There's never a moment where there isn't hope because the minute that you lose hope, that's when you've lost the game, the entire game of life. And that's not worth it. So how are you now investing in your own faith in what may come and what will come? With that said, these are conversation starters with blokes, their children and the women that support them. It's about many men, many conversations and please don't forget it because that's the most important part. Follow, like and share. Also don't hesitate to comment below. And our question for today is, what role are you willing to play in eradicating man flu? So in other words, how have you chosen to invest in your own physical, mental, and emotional health? When's the right time? How about today? Take care. See you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.